The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, on today's show, we've got Chris Shad. He writes for us here at the Viking Age, and he's been on the podcast multiple times in the past. So welcome back to the show, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me again, Adam. It's always fun to talk about our favorite football team and how they <laughs> disappoint us yes it's an exciting time of year though because everyone's undefeated and everyone thinks their team is capable of winning the super bowl so it's always even you know jaguars fans i think i've seen are like we're gonna go all the way we got trevor lawrence so <laughs> everyone's ready uh maybe not the lions but um okay so the vikings have made all these additions to their roster this offseason um with free agency and the draft especially on the defensive side of the ball so after everything the Vikings did this this offseason, you know, and all the players that are coming back, expectations for next season might actually be higher than I think maybe some people anticipated for the Vikings right now. So if you think that's the case, do you believe that Mike Zimmer's seat might actually be even hotter now than it was before free agency began in March? Like the thing that I hear is that Mike Zimmer's basically going out his way. You know, you watch the war movies and like mm-hmm. the it's like the last stand and there's this guy in the trench and he's got his grenade and he's just chucking him up and he's like I'm not going down. That's basically Mike Zimmer this season. Like last year the Vikings had big expectations to win the NFC North, take a step forward from 2019 and they flopped. I think some of that was kind of believing their own stuff didn't stink. Mm -hmm. And I think there was another part of them that they just made some bad moves. And you go seven and nine, you know that you cannot afford to have another season. So they just went out in free agency and signed all these guys. You get Patrick Peterson, Dalvin Tomlinson, Mackenzie Alexander, Xavier Woods, uh, Bashad Breland. And of course, you signed Sheldon Richardson and it's kind of like Mike Zimmer's infinity gauntlet is full, but I think it's a little premature to say that 
you know, he's just going to snap his fingers and his defense is just going to be fixed. You got to look at some of these players and kind of think, hey, what's going on here? Why are these players available? And with some of them, it's the salary cap situation with the going down. But I mean, a player like Patrick Peterson, we see the name Patrick Peterson and we go, Patrick Peterson, all pro corner, everything else. But he's regressed the past two years. So now he's on a one-year prove-it deal with the Vikings. It's a lot like the Twins approach to free agency where, you know, they search for value and they go get these guys. And these guys are going to be great in the rotation and everything. And now they're the worst team in the American League. I, I think I don't think the Vikings will crash that badly. I just don't think these signings, you know, accelerate their ceiling or yeah. raise their ceiling rather. So, I mean, for Zimmer to, to answer your question, and get back to it. I think his seat's just as hot as it was. If he misses the playoffs, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do, but he has his team in place. So I think the excuses are done, not only for him, but for guys like Kirk cousins and some of the other guys that unperformed last year, I think that this is a very interesting and pivotal season for a lot of people on the Vikings. So if the Vikings don't make the playoffs, is there a scenario where you could see Mike Zimmer actually keeping his job? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. I, I think so because I think the Wolves really believe in Zimmer. Yeah. Like the the Vikings will be a model franchise. They want to be like the Patriots, the Steelers, and all those guys that have yeah. held on to their coach and you know their stability and everything else. I think that the Vikings want to keep Mike Zimmer around as possible. Unless everything just goes completely bad. Like they have a season like 2016 mm -hmm. where the quarterback's knee explodes and they're running off runways and Mike Zimmer gets, you know, stabbed in the eye with his play. I mean, sheet. even last like, year, a lot of people got hurt. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, that was kind of a demo derby as well. I, I think that, you know, unless things really, unless he re absolutely loses control of this team mm -hmm. with all the veterans they have, I don't think that'll be the case. I, I I see a scenario where maybe they do not make the playoffs mm -hmm. and Mike Zimmer stays. Yeah, it's I think it's got to be something like maybe 2011 where when Chile just pretty much lost control of everything, and especially when he decided to just go rogue and get rid of Randy Moss. Um, not that <laughs> Mike Zimmer doesn't have that power, so he can't really make those moves, but he can he can go off on someone maybe in a press conference or something and then just like, ruin the whole vibe in the locker room because uh, he's done that before. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think for him to lose his job, well, just because the way that they've they've finished uh, in, the last, in his tenure, they haven't, I don't think they've won fewer than seven games. So I think in order for the Vikings to truly move on, it's got to be a scenario where they only win like four or five games uh, next year. And I think that's, with their roster, it's going to be hard to do that, like, at worst, I think they're an average team, and that doesn't mean they make the playoffs, but I think they're still um, competitive. If the Vikings do decide to let go of Mike Zimmer after next season, should they uh, throw Rick Spielman out the door with him too and just start completely over, or should they just give Spielman one more shot to find a new head coach? It depends on how the season unfolds. If it's a situation like Brad Sheldress where he loses control of the team, maybe you turn around and you look at Rick Spielman and go, hey, you got all these guys there, you know, maybe Kellen Mond's progressing better than you think, or maybe some of these rookies are still progressing. Like maybe you look at that. I, I think, you know, 
the Vikings have always wanted Spielman and Zimmer to be a package deal. So I think the likelihood of one staying and one going is pretty slim, but I'm not willing to rule anything out when it comes to the Vikings. I was honestly surprised. I don't want to say surprised after 2019 when they held on to him after winning that playoff game. But um, Kevin Stefanski would look pretty nice as the head coach of the Vikings. That's all I'm I'm going to say right now. One season. He had one good season. Let's see him do it again with a much harder schedule and uh, another year bigger Mayfield. So, and, he's and a, that's he's been a, Zimmer's. He's a good coach. That's though, been, so. yeah, that's been Zimmer's problem though. He'll play the first have the good schedule, season. Yeah, yeah. Like this year, they play a third place schedule. Yep. They'll get their third place teams and everything, yep. and they make a run. They make the playoffs, and then the following year, they have the second or first place schedule, and they're going to New England. They're going to all these places, and they never seem to come up. And those are the teams you got to beat in the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, I if we want to lean towards the side of optimism, yeah, the Viking could the Vikings win eleven games next year? Sure. Could they win twelve? That might be a little high, but I mean, I. I think they could wind up with a very good record. What's the thing that people throw out? It's an odd year or whatever, and that's when the Vikings do good under Mike Zimmer. It's like an every other year thing. So this year they're supposed to do better, even though that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> I mean, this, I just mentioned that the schedule. Yeah, yeah, it, I, is I mean, sch- it is the schedule though. That that is, but that's not what people mention. They just go right. like, "Oh, it's 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 an odd year, so it's he's going to do well without you know giving any context like you did." Um. So you did mention, though, um, about the defense and how everyone pretty much assumes that it's going to be so much better with all the new players that they got. It should be better than last year. Last year was just terrible. I think it was, like, historically terrible for for the Vikings. But you did recently write over on zone coverage that, you know, maybe a return to glory for the Vikings defense isn't exactly a guarantee. And you mentioned someone like Patrick Peterson not playing too well in the last a uh, couple of years. So what are some other things maybe you think might get in the way of, you know, Mike Zimmer getting his defense back to normal? Well, like I said too, there's a lot of veterans that are here on one year deals. Yep. Um, Mackenzie Alexander, I, people got a little bit excited about that, but uh, he's kind of an average corner when mm-hmm. you think about it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like the Vikings can't develop a slot guy to save their life. They're trying with Harrison hand right now, but I don't really have, as much confidence in him either right. if things kind of go in the wrong direction. Um, you got Bashad Breland. I mean, Breland and Patterson, or excuse me, Breland and Peterson are the two most penalized corners in the NFL last yeah. season. Yeah. So you think about that, and then you have Cameron Dantzler, who had trouble staying on the field last year. I'm not ready to say this cornerback group is rock solid and everything else. And Let's think about what the Vikings are shooting for. They're trying to get back their 2017 yeah, defense. Top five. Yep. That actually they were number one that year. Right. So they want to be in that upper echelon. And I see a lot of people that are like, this is a top five defense. You know, let's. Me. This I, I'm, greatest, I'm one of those people. I'm, yeah. I'm, greatest <laughs> offseason ever. Like everybody forgot about like getting Brett Favre and drafting Randy Moss and like <laughs> all those other good ones. But no, we got, we got all these veterans on defense. Like, I I just look at it and I go in 2017, you had a perfect storm. You had a defense with a lot of young players. You had that golden draft class in 2015. That was coming of age with Daniil Hunter, the crown jewel of that. And I look at this team and I go, okay, 
all of those players that you relied on 2017 are now four years older. They're pushing 30. Harrison Smith's 32. Anthony Barr's 29. I think Kendrick's is either 29 or 30. Oh, oh, so he's a little bit younger. But, I mean, yeah, Eric Kendrick's was in that 2015 draft class, too. I forgot about that. Um, I think, yeah, and I think that, you know, a lot of those pieces are older, and you're mixing a lot of older players in this. Remember, after 2019, when the Vikings lost to the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs, Mike Zimmer said, and I quote, football is a young man's game. Mm -hmm. So did it take him one season to kind of look at his guys and go, yeah, nah, nah, we got to, we got to get some guys in. Like, I think that's what happened because Mike Zimmer looked around. He's like, I am not relying on young players again. And that's why you see along the offensive line, you know, Christian Derrissaw is not in the starting lineup and neither is Wyatt Davis. We got Rashad Hill and Dakota Dozier. And that might just be old school thinking, but Mike Zimmer is not going to hand anything to anyone this season and to get the veterans in there. That will help him sleep at night. And, you know, the offense is just whatever with him. We know the defense is his baby. He said it himself. So I am of the ilk. I want to see it on the field before I crown them a top five defense. And I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> it's totally fair because we've seen in the past, we've seen many times where, you know, things on paper look amazing. You know, go all the way back to what the dream, the, the Eagles dream team when that team was like, getting put together yeah. it was like they're going to win so many Super Bowls and then I don't even think they made the playoffs. Um, so there's that team and then I forgot what you mentioned. You were just talking about um, Zimmer. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I think I think the defense is, is going to be better. It's hard to be worse than last year. Um, you mentioned him. Maybe not. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I wouldn't worry about Christian Derrissaw or, or Wyatt Davis right now because we've seen Garrett Bradbury was day one starter. Pat Elfline was a day one starter. So I'm not I'm not too worried about those guys getting out, getting out of the mix because OTAs I feel like is really more of just just getting getting in the groove, getting used to your teammates and stuff. So I don't I don't look a whole lot into OTAs. There's there's some take things you can take away for sure. But as far as like depth charts and stuff, I'm not gonna get too serious about OTAs or, or minicamp depth charts. Give me to the preseason uh, but then there's also the times where Mike Zimmer and sat Stefan Diggs for his first four games of the year so you know we'll see uh what could happen but moving on you know there's some there's some there's some other holes on the Vikings roster they could fill maybe before training camp um but which addition do you think would be more helpful for the Vikings next season someone to be the Vikings number three receiver or someone to come in and be the other starting defensive end opposite Daniel Hunter? I want to say the third wide receiver, and here's okay. why. I think that the Vikings, if they go with Steven Weatherly and DJ Wanham, I mean, look at the rest of the defensive line now. You got Michael Pierce, yep. you got Dalvin Tomlinson, now you have Sheldon Richardson in the middle, and now you have Daniel Hunter on the outside. If Wanham takes a jump this year, I think that, you know, some of the sacks are just going to gravitate towards them. Yeah. Like, it'll just be natural. The quarterback will be like, oh, there's these three guys here, and here's DJ Wanham. The third wide receiver position is interesting, especially on the Vikings, because they don't like to use three wide receivers unless nope. they have to. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what's going on, and this is tight end, but what's going on with Irv Smith? 
mm-hmm. because when they drafted him, they talked about getting him in space, having him catch and run and do all of these things. And he hasn't done any of it. And I mean, for a fan like me noticing that the next pick was AJ Brown, that would be pretty nice right now. Uh, DK Metcalf was later in the second round and Terry McLaurin was in the third round. So you have those three guys and you chose Irv Smith Jr. So do you have an expanded role for him where you are going to use him like you say you were going to use him? Or are you just going to make him Kyle Rudolph and block all the time? Because Mike Zimmer said at the end of his press conference, he goes, yeah, Irv Smith's role is not changing. And I mean, he did play about 50, 60 snaps a game in that four game stretch that Kyle Rudolph was out. But he only had more than four targets out of one of those four games. And that was nine in a blowout loss to New Orleans. Yeah. So if they rely on him to be that third receiver option, cool. I, I don't know <laughs> if it will work. I know he's gotten bigger because they want him to block. And mm-hmm. that's something we don't want to hear, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, if you're going three wide, are, are you trotting Chad Beebe out there again mm-hmm. so he can run a three-yard route and then get tackled immediately? Or Amir Smith-Marset, who... Everybody seems very high on, and I yep. don't understand as a Big Ten college football fan. Yep. Um, I know everybody's like, well, it's the Iowa offense. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, if you're good enough, the ball's going to find you. Mm-hmm. Like, remember, people are like, yeah, Justin Jefferson's not going to produce because the Vikings have run the ball. Well, uh, Justin Jefferson had 1,400 <laughs> yards. Yeah, but he had like 20 touchdowns so, in college. Yeah. 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 It's like, no. At LSU? I, I heard. It's a small school. I was listening to, um, this is a sidebar, but I was listening to uh, On the Couch with Sigmund Bloom this morning okay. with Paul Charchian. Okay. And Sigmund Bloom brought up something funny. He's like, did Joe Burrow hold uh, Justin Jefferson back? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, because there were so many receivers there. They had Jamar Chase. They had mm-hmm. Thaddeus Moss, tight end. Uh, they had uh, uh, Justin Jefferson and uh, Terrace Marshall. Yep. So, I mean, that's just bloated. I just worry that at the end of the games, it's going to be, okay, we got to get the ball to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and defenses are going to know it, yep. and they're going to leave Chad Beebe wide open. It's like, no, guys, I got this. I got this. Oh, three yards in a cloud of dust. Um, we should have just ran the ball, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that signing a third wide receiver, a veteran that knows what they're doing, would be a big boost for the offense, and it would be another safety valve for Kirk Cousins if they're not going to use Irv Smith Jr., as a viable receiving weapon. And I don't think they will. Yeah. I just don't know if it's like a big priority for them. And it, cause it really, they haven't, I know they've brought in guys like in the past that just haven't worked out like Jordan Taylor and you know, a couple other guys that just never panned out. We're like, Oh, they're, they're solid veterans. Maybe they can fill in as the, the number three guy. Just it never worked out. It just seems like, their priorities, like even in their offense, it's it's Jefferson Thielen, then the third guy is a mix between, you know, Dalvin Cook, Irv Smith, now Tyler Conklin. I think like a third receiver is probably like the fifth or sixth option uh, in a play if they're all on the field. So I just don't think it's a big a priority for maybe the Vikings offense as it would be in somebody else's offense, like the Cardinals or the Rams. Um, so... I would like to see them, yeah, improve because Chad Beebe and B.C. Johnson or, or even Amir Smith-Marset, they don't really strike a whole lot of fear into the defense because it would be nice to just have someone who is a kind of a threat to take some of that attention off of, of Jefferson 
and Thielen, but I also just wouldn't be surprised uh, if they didn't sign anyone else. But I do like your take about DJ Wanham and and Weatherly. I don't think they're going to bring uh, a veteran in because, one, the guys who probably are capable of starting who are left are going to want more money than the Vikings are willing to spend. And then, yeah, they just like the Vikings like to develop their, their defensive events. And um, I would rather have Wanham, though, I think, over, over Weatherly. I think Weatherly's better in a more rotational role than he uh, is as a starter just because last year with the Panthers it wasn't uh, too great for him and here's the thing too this is the devil's advocate to my take maybe the Vikings are sitting there looking going well if our defense is good enough we won't need a three wide receiver Mm -hmm. because we'll be ahead and we can just run the ball so maybe they add a defensive end but there's nobody good out there I mean Melvin Ingram's Melvin Ingram's the top name, and uh, he doesn't do much for Justin me. Justin Houston. Uh, Jarrell Casey. Who's the I, guy he's the a Browns. defensive tackle. But, yeah. uh, Olivier Vernon. He's out yeah. There. And he's got yeah. a torn Achilles. He's coming off a torn Achilles. Yeah. So. Nah, not, not, like, not great. Uh, unless you're bringing, if you're bringing someone who's going to be a, a starter, then bring him in. But if not, don't, don't bring in someone who's going to take away. Uh, reps from the younger guys. I think I had Jordan Reed on a couple weeks ago, and he said something similar. Like, if you're going to bring someone in, bring him to start. Don't bring him in to take away reps from someone like DJ Wanham or some of the other younger defensive ends that they have who could use those reps to to develop and maybe become someone like a Daniil Hunter. I'm not saying these guys are going to be the next Daniil Hunter, but you know, they even just be someone like an Afedio Denebo or, or or Weatherly. Like these these guys need these reps, and they can use them uh, to their advantage. So. Moving on, I recently suggested on uh, the Viking Age that the Vikings should consider adding a veteran quarterback to the to be the top backup behind Cousins because because none of the guys competing for the backup job right now have ever started in an NFL game and the chance I know Kirk Cousins hasn't missed a start in I don't know four or five years. This is still football. This is still the most like violent sport in the world, um, and guys can get hurt. You know, no matter what, even if they've never been hurt in the past, you look at Teddy Bridgewater, no one thought that was going to happen, but it did. Um, but I suggested Nick Foles only because he would only cost the Vikings $4 million this year. Seems pretty affordable. His contract's good enough uh, where they can get rid of him next year if they don't want to keep him on the, the roster. And But I don't think, I don't know if the Bears would trade with an interdivisional foe. Um, but there are others Minnesota could bring in as well. So is adding a veteran backup quarterback something maybe that you would like to see the Vikings do before the season begins, or are you okay with them uh, going with one of the guys they currently have, which is what, Kellen Mond, Jake Browning, or Nate Stanley? It's almost like the anti-Joe uh, Maurer stance. It's like, well, you paid him all this money, why can't he hit home runs? Well, yeah. you drafted Kellen Mond in the third round, mm-hmm. why is he not the backup quarterback? Right. Like, that, that's my thought process here. And the Vikings are stretched against the cap. I mean, I would like to see them add one more veteran at the spots we took talked about, the defensive end or the third wide receiver spot to kind of battle there um, rather than get a backup quarterback. Because like you said, Cousins hasn't missed a start in four or five years. That doesn't yeah. mean that he's not going to. Right. But like if Kirk Cousins goes down, the Vikings are probably screwed anyway. Right. Like, Let's be honest. I mean, I am not the biggest Kirk Cousins fan in the world, but he probably is a top 10 quarterback. I I would put him in the top 10 just off the cuff, like without listing names. Maybe he's 12th or 13th. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But um, 
I think that if Kirk Cousins goes down, you are relying on Jake Browning, Kellen Mond. I mean, what r- really, what's the difference between a guy like, I guess Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking difference. like, let's just say hypothetically, Cousins is exposed to COVID and he didn't get vaccinated. So he has to quarantine and he misses a game. Um, would you feel more confident in the Vikings having Nick Foles? under center or, or one of the other guys? You know, I, I, comfortable to win the game. Yeah. Nick Foles. Yeah. But I'm also sitting there going, I'm just talking one game. Put, Cause if, put it's Mondin. Multiple, if it's multiple, then yeah, then, then go ahead, put Mondin, get him one that experience and then see what he can do. Cause then if it's multiple, if it's games, weak. Then you can, you can adjust the offense to him and everything. But if you just want someone to go, you know, not, play to the exact ability of Kirk Cousins, but just be able to run the offense, I think a veteran is maybe your better option. Week 18, the Vikings are 9-7 and seven and need yeah. to beat the Bears yeah. to get in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather have Nick Foles. Yeah. Then, I mean, you if you start Kellen Mond, you could be running into another Joe Webb game. <laughs> uh, God, we, we do can, not need can, that. Kellen Mond can throw, at least. Yeah. Joe Webb, uh, yeah. not so sure about that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So you're you're good. It sounds like you're good with the guys that they have, but you'd just rather see Kellen Mond just take the backup job, which he could because, you know, we hear a lot of things in OTAs and stuff, and I don't I don't expect especially a quarterback to be, you know, immediately um, in tune with everything going on with the offense in OTAs. So I, uh, I'm curious to see how training camp goes in, in the preseason. At least they get to play in some, some preseason games this year, and a lot of people will be, be watching him. Um, so let's move on. About a week ago, the Vikings were listed as a top trade destination for Patriots cornerback, Stefan Gilmore. I think someone from Fanside actually wrote it. Um, is this something you think the Vikings should pursue or would it just not be worth it? Uh, worth it based on what they might have to give the Patriots in a trade, given how many corners they've already added this off season. Yeah. You think of that. And then you think of the salary cap situation yeah. and everything else. I mean, if this were this were fantasy football, hell yeah, let's go get <laughs> Stefan. If this is Madden, I'm cutting like I'm trading, uh, you know, Adam Thielen for a third round p- or first round pick somewhere just so mm-hmm. I could add Stefan Gilmore. I mean, <laughs> that that is what that is at the heart of Mike Zimmer's defense. He wants yeah. to play man. He wants to play press man. And when this defense was at its top level, they had Xavier Rhodes, who was one of the top corners in the league. Stefan Gilmore is in that same class right now. The only problem is that when the Patriots make a trade like that, they know they're getting you. Like, they're not dumb. You're not going to fleece them over for Stefan Gilmore because usually when they leave that system, they do not perform well. Now, Gilmore is a little bit different because he got drafted by Buffalo. He signed with New England and now – this whole contract thing is playing out, but um, I mean, with their assets, like they're low on picks next year, believe it or not. I think they only have like five and like, I'm sure Rick Spielman's like having cold shivers at night knowing <laughs> I only have five picks, man. What am I going to do? I got to, I got to do I, something. I think they here. might just have one in every round then, which is just odd for him anyways. <laughs> which I, I, he was probably like sitting there in the seventh round, just like, okay, when are we on the clock? Right. Well, no, we don't have any sevens. What? No, no, this, this is how do we get a seven? Rick, just, it, it's over. It's over, man. The yeah, they have, done. they have seven picks 
um, right now. None in the seventh round. So he's going to have to figure out a way to get back in there. Because, yeah, he he looked like, uh, what's that, John Travolta GIF, where he's just like just looking around, like trying to find where anyone is. That That's kind of how Rick Spielman probably was in the seventh round this year, just like, what do I do? I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> what do I do with my hands? Yeah. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the Vikings just have too many corners right now and and to if they just had maybe if they didn't sign Breland, maybe maybe because of the uncertainty surrounding jeff gladney and you know cam dantzler still not maybe being able to be dependent on as far as his health or even just just his his skill set at this at this point in time maybe maybe go after someone like stefan gilmore but with Breland in there i just think They've already got they got enough. Um, let someone else give up draft picks because I'm sure the Patriots are not going to be like, oh, we'll, we'll just take a fourth round pick for for Stephon Gilmore. They're going to be like, no, you can give us a a second or higher. But you did mention how the Patriots usually are pretty good at just getting rid of guys when when uh, they're done or on their way out. They kind of got it wrong with Tom Brady last year. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That was one that they might uh, slip out of their hands. They might have wanted to mend fences a little bit there yeah. and just be like, what <laughs> do you Newton. need, Tom? Cam Newton, not the, not the same same as uh, Tom Brady. Maybe we should have just given Tom Brady what he wanted. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, the greatest quarterback of all time. You're just like, nah, he's fine. Get him out of here. Bill Belichick. Like Tam- yeah. He goes down to Tampa Bay and he's just like, the Bucks are just like, hey, we got Mike Evans. We got... Chris Godwin, uh, you want your buddy Croc? We can get Croc in here. Yeah. Well, Antonio <laughs> Brown, sure. Yeah, yeah. Avocado tequila, you bet. It's on tap, buddy. Anything you need, you got it. This is a concierge. His name is Pierre. He will get you whatever you need or players that whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I envision it like uh, you remember old school where they get all the pledges and they have like mm-hmm. the pantyhose over and they get the van. Mm-hmm. Like that was basically the Bucks oh, yeah, like yeah, building yeah. their roster. Just like <laughs> Leonard Fournette gets cut. The van just pulls in. Just like you tell anybody about the will kill you mm-hmm. no no just kidding you'll win super bowl mvp just get it get in the car get in the car yeah yeah it uh probably didn't go as as well as the patriots were were hoping for but boohoo to them when they win like six super bowls everyone feels <laughs> so bad for them people born in like the year 2000 where patriots fans have no idea you know what it feels like to root for a team that doesn't win the super bowl um lastly we will touch on this the vikings recently announced that they will be inducting former defensive tackle, one half of the Williams wall, Kevin Williams, into their ring of honor, which makes me feel pretty old. Um, what are some of the top things that you remember about uh, Williams' career with the Vikings? I remember how he was drafted. Uh, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like the Vikings just turned the draft into, like, money in the bank. Like, they... <laughs> They ran out of time, and everybody's just sprinting to the podium, just like Byron Leftwich. We're taking Byron Terrell Socks, like, and like just, <laughs> just madness. And like Mike Tice probably has like a cigar in his mouth or something, just like look at these idiots. Well, they got the guy they wanted. They're not even taking their guy. Yeah, they got the guy they wanted. That's what they say. Yeah, I mean, I was a big Kevin Williams fan. Yeah, he's just one of those players that showed up and did his job, like. Oh yeah. If you ask me what's your favorite Jared Allen moment, I'd probably be like, yeah, when he whipped Bryant McKitty's ass in Kansas City that one year. When and he, then, gr- and when there he was... grabbed Eli Manning with like with his lineman. <laughs> yeah, and he had like the mullet. Like 
Jared Allen's just a more memorable guy. Kevin Williams was just good at football and that was it. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. He led one of the greatest run defenses in NFL history, along yeah. with Pat Williams. You mentioned the Williams wall and he was a great pass rusher on the interior. I mean, he's, he is definitely one of the greatest Vikings of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm still a little sad that he wore 93 because mm-hmm. I think that should be retired for John Randall. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, Kevin Williams home run pick. That's what you want to do when you're picking in the top 10 or even forget to make your pick and slide down a couple of picks. But yeah. Yeah. The sad thing is, yeah, he, he just was so consistent that I think one of the biggest things I remember about him is being involved in that. Was that like, was he in the, the Balco thing or, or whatever the star caps star caps. They, yeah. took, they took a diuretic and like, uh, yeah. yeah, they, they battled it for like two years or something. <laughs> yeah. And finally like, yeah, now you got to serve the four game suspension. Mm-hmm. Like, that's impressive. That is like John Cena never give up territory where it's just like, yep, we are playing. Uh, here's another lawyer and another injunction and everything else. And yeah. Is Kevin Williams a Hall of Famer? Ah, uh, putting me on the spot here. Mm-hmm. I would say no, but I got to look at his stats here as right. I'm kind of looking it up. I mean, I think he's Hall of very good. Mm-hmm. Like, if that makes sense. Because, I mean, there's some players that you kind of look at and you're like, yeah, that guy was awesome. Like, Julian Edelman, I think I'm, is all very just going to bring him up. <laughs> yeah, like, he, I, I thought I saw something crazy. Like, he had never been to a Pro Bowl yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I don't know how that happened, but I'm looking at Kevin Williams. But Williams right is like, now. he's like a five-time All-Pro. He is. But his sack numbers, he had 10 and a half sacks in his rookie year. Right, he had 11 and a half sacks. Oh, yeah. Second second season, he had 11 and a half. And then they moved him inside. So he's only got 63 career he's sacks. On the, he's on the, all, all he's on the all 2000s team for the Hall of Fame. That's so maybe, yeah. His, uh, his pro football. Maybe he'll get in like one of those, you know, when they have like the, the senior people or whatever. But even that, I, I don't know. He's. He's like he's different good. than John Randall. Oh, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like you look at John Randall and like Hall of Fame. Yes. Like because Randall was just like a game changer because of that undersized defensive tackle. He could get in, uh, get to the quarterback like he was a premier pass rusher. Like Kevin Williams, I think, was a different player once they moved him to the inside. And well, yeah. here's some of, here's some of the players that um, like pro football reference does like they compare who's who, how your career was like each year in your career. Um, so they compare him for like his entire career to like guys like Howie Long, Jared Allen, Richard Dent. Uh, let's see, Neil Smith. I see uh, in, in the years where he was like an all pro, there's Jason Taylor, Dominican Sue, Bruce Smith. So like he could get in there. I think he could. Um, John Lynch is in there. I think those two are kind of, similar play level. I didn't think I, John Lynch was like one of the greatest. I personally don't think he's one of the greatest safeties of all time, but here's guess, something crazy that I just noticed. Kevin Williams in 2007 had two interception returns for touchdowns. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had five career interceptions, which if you would have told me that I would have been like, yeah, right. Five. Career he, bat- interceptions. he batted down a lot of passes. He had 10, 
past deflections in in 2010. Yeah. So he he got his hands up all the time. You know what? I I think he's gonna get in the Hall of Fame one day. Just looking Screw at it. his stuff. Throw him in there. Why not? Yeah. All right. More then. Vikings in the Hall of Fame. That's a good way to to end end the episode. Um, where can people follow you on Twitter? I am at the real Krishad. All right. Uh, make sure to follow Chris and uh, subscribe to his podcast, The Homer Horn. You're still doing that, right? Yes, sir. All right. Subscribe to that. Uh, follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.